Jesse Todd. Is that the reason why Nickelodeon's fucking over the Legend of Korra? Is because the guys, the creators, have decided to, that the series will end with Korra and Asami getting together. Yeah, and then, and then, like Nickelodeon said, "Well, no, we're gonna take your TV show off the air if you're gonna make it gay." Obviously, it is a homosexual agenda. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. the only obvious I conclusion. Like got, I just felt like even in season three, it got too grown up. I believe that it got too dark, and also the ratings were dropping, and then it got too dark. Yeah. I'll believe that one too, Punch. Yeah, I would definitely believe that. Why is I it? want the other thing? To <laughs> yeah. Hey everybody, this is the Boy Hattie Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill, and Bill doesn't know how do you how do you end Legend of Korra? Because assuming like everyone's gonna be probably partnered off with like romantic couples and stuff like that, like I don't know. I think they do with burned. Assuming unless you kill Korra at the end. I think um, have they been burned by their whole romantic shit? Like how much of a backlash they got? No, they will not kill sh- our girl shoulders. No, um, they. I feel like they were so burned by the backlash against their romantic shit that maybe they will well, end it at like without dealing with the Avatar the core guys have never been very good at romance. Even no. like the romance stuff in the first yeah. series in Avatar. Well, uh, uh, Suki and Sokka were cute, but mm-hmm. like the whole uh, Aang and Katara was always yeah. kind of weird yeah. and like kind of like I love you, okay, sweetie. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. I think that, so you could make the argument that the original Avatar series was in a simpler time and a simpler world. Yeah. And that maybe an old school romance was more appropriate. But Korra is an immortal time where there's more to life than who are you going to settle down with? I'm glad they did respond to the fact that no one cared about Mako. Yeah. (laughs) He's fucking. That poor character, because he's not terrible. He's just really bland. All right, friends, I guess you haven't figured this out. The most recent episode of The Legend of Korra has (laughs) aired, the first episode of season four. We will probably die. Dabble in the spoilers. Well, we're sitting, we were sitting here about to get ready to record, and fully we we started talking about Legend of Korra stuff. And yeah. I was like I just realized we're, this is a podcast. Yeah. I might as well just start off with that anyway. Exactly. But yeah. yeah. Um, but at least for people who can't tolerate us uh, talking about the Legend of Korra, the last season has started, so you only have to put up with us <laughs> talking about it for like another thirteen weeks. Exactly. It's a Yay. limited thing. I'm Yay. so excited because with this uh, season, uh, my any sort of fan fiction AU I could have created has essentially become the canon. How so? Well, it's like if I were going to write fanfiction AU about Legend of Korra, it would be about Korra as a battered pit fighter. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. Yeah. That was amazing. Yes. Oh my god, it was People so good. Oh, she lost the fight because she she intentionally threw the fight because she's punishing no. herself no. for not being no. a good person. No, why would she lose a fight against anyone? Yeah, she's garbage. You know, she, she's... you think she generally lost that fight? Yeah, yeah. Why? Because she's not in it. Like her head's not in it. Well, I think well, that she's still excuse, recovering. Like, like yeah. she's still like getting also, out of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if she were, I would believe her throwing a fight if she were paid to throw it. But I, I don't see her. Line where it's the end, extended uh, end of that scene where like yeah. Cora's manager comes out and he's like, Cora, I got the baby oil. Now you're next up for your next sexy lady uh, pit, <laughs> pit fighting thing with the sexy ladies of oil wrestling. <laughs> She's like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a living. She actually loses that fight too. But that's a good losing. Um, uh, yeah, Cora came back. Yeah. yeah. I'm guys thinking about the new villain. I love her. I think it's I think it's interesting. I like that. Um, I, think yeah. I think it's interesting to have a villain who's not necessarily perceives themselves as villains. That's my yeah. favorite kind of villain. I call her shoulder cans. 
Because she looks her, like, her, her tin can epaulets. Yeah, it's amazing. How does she have her hands over her shoulders? It's got some flexibility. Yeah, but like how like it's like, a metal bender. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's it just nice like soft. It's just tin foil really. Yeah, she's exactly. Kind of when she puts her hands up over her head. Yeah. But yeah, that's a uh, she. So she was a character we saw for ten seconds. Yeah, actually, we saw her actually throughout the last season. She yeah, was a background character, yeah. but yeah. she didn't really become. Well, it was they said her name. They yeah, so when they said her name, at the I was end like, where they're like, oh. oh, hey, background character, what's your name? My name's Kuvir. I'm going to be a major character next season. Uh huh. That's that's a lady voiced by Zelda Williams. Oh, who, is, who was Robin Williams' mother? <laughs> she just sounds so young. Bill. She went to school with uh, who's the lady that did the voice for uh, the squirrel? From? June Foray. Yeah, June yeah. Foray. The bros from way back. She, well, she drank a lot of honey, so she's not super young. And <laughs> just honey straight from the bee. Bark right in my mouth. You still haven't watched that uh, documentary about the voice acting stuff. No, I still have not. Man, Andre Romano, the, the voice director for she's like the like, stuff. Like, yeah. oh man, how you doing? She's like sexy B. Arthur. Is she? Yeah, that's no, adorable. Have you ever seen a picture of her? No. Oh, you guys. I've just seen her name. For doing? years and years and years. Oh man, speaking of how you doing, Foley <laughs> fell down the rabbit hole of this web series called Carmilla, is that what yeah. it's called? Which apparently is based off of a ga- vampire like, thing? Yeah. I didn't know about oh, Carmilla the Vampire the book. Vampire stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah the like vaguely lesbianic. It's lesbian. Uh, twenty six years, rather Wikipedia entry. Twenty six century before uh, Dracula. Is it actually? What, it's a web series. Yeah, it's a web series, and it's actually kind of cute. The conceit is that it's a, a girl with her webcam working in a project. Oh, and it's then, modern day just for adaptation, exactly. which is funny because it's yeah. like one hundred fifty. That's, yeah. that's kind of. It's cool. very loosely based on it. It's yeah. in that, that there's it's a vamp- such a like, lesbian vampire. Right? Yeah, and there's like there they use like some like, there's disappearance that it opens with and all this other stuff. But anyway, Foley's like, like making me watch the show. I'm like, okay, this protagonist is kind of cute. Why are you making me watch this? And then she's like, hold on. And then this girl named Danny shows up on the show who's excessively tall with really nice hair and a ponytail. And I'm just like, <laughs> and Foley at the same time, like, <laughs> 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 she's just like a friend of the lady? Uh, the main lady she, well, she, she is the interest of. There's, there's like the very first episode, they're like, they say this thing, like, Danny's going to be there. And the name Danny doesn't conjure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then Danny ends up being this Amazon tall. Yeah. Gorgeous. How you doing? Yeah. How you doing? It's really cute because the protagonist of the show is like two feet tall, and this woman Danny is like eighteen feet tall. It's they do a lot of really good gags so of how to, to get curl her. Up like an armadillo whenever they do a sixty nine. <laughs> no. She's always big don't spoon. laugh at that joke. Don't encourage him. I think every couple needs to get a tattoo that says big spoon or little spoon. Wow. That's clearly Bill. Why do you have to define things by that binary? Isn't it wonderful <laughs> to be able to be both spoons? Why do, do you have to? Subscribe? to the spoon binary that's system. That's such a heteronormative I'm expectation. Just a spoon. Just a spoon. Uh, when a bunch of people... What if I'm a spork? What if, Don't define me, dude. If a bunch of people cuddle at a, an orgy, is uh-huh. that, uh, like, measuring spoons? It's just... Uh, no. Because there's, like, there's a, a joke, whole bunch Bill. of them. That's really good. This web series is very dumb, but, no, but yeah, the now I have a big crush on Danny. So yeah. thank you, Foley, for showing me your Do you, do you know who's, who's the vampire in the story? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm it's Carmilla. Yeah. 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 I'm guessing it, there's going to be some sort of triangle. <laughs> it's Camilla. <laughs> is it Camilla? Camilla is the name <laughs> of Gonzo's chicken girlfriend in the Muppet movies. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> We were talking about Legend of Korra and hunks, and somehow that led to... Something, something. The song's got a new hairstyle. Yeah, she has her mom's hairstyle. 
It's killing me. And she gets hit, she gets hit on by Cusco oh. from Ever's New Groove. Gross, yeah. <laughs> Who's all like, he gets assassinated. Oh, this is one of those characters where I'm like, oh, I'm really excited for this character to not be present. Can we kill this guy? Well, yeah. he's like like little kids cartoon character. Exactly. Like, I'm a schmucky prince. Remember? Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I was watching with with Dylan a little bit, and like his his stuff was like a little like it's it's funny to watch Cora and show people that and be like, no, really, this is for adults. And then like a character like that pops up. Yeah. Like, well, we yeah, just have to suffer this. It dialed up to stuff. eleven. Yeah. yeah. It's like this is not the most subtle show. You have to remember it is a show for kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Cora getting the shit beat out of it. Cora. God damn it. I'm excited about this season. Okay, let's talk about non-core things. Bill, what have you been up to this week? Uh, played the shitload of Shadow Mordor. Yeah? Uh, I was just playing it just to have fun with it. Uh, yesterday I was supposed to be doing work. I promised myself I'd get a whole bunch of work stuff done mm-hmm. this weekend. Uh, instead, yesterday I just picked up Shadow... I was like, I'll play a little bit of Shadow Mordor before I actually start doing some work. And then I just played Shadow Mordor until about 6pm last yeah. night. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna put it down. I'm gonna get some work done. And then I was like, well, and then I looked up a walkthrough online just to see how far into the game I was because I'm not too worried about the the story or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, because I was like, well, maybe if 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 uh, Annie and Trolley are coming over tomorrow to record the podcast, I could let them borrow the game. I wanted to see how much farther I had to go, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah, if I I could just like push through to the end of the game if I just worked really hard. But then I got the last mission, which is like this multifaceted like yeah. you have to like some like have to go up to all these like different guys and like mm. recruit them to your team to go fight like the big boss in the game yeah. and i was like yeah, that's gonna be like six hours i'll just let you guys borrow the game anyway. you're a gentleman Bill. i can i can beat that whenever i get the game back from you guys and so now yeah, shadow mortar is really good what have you guys heard about the game uh, honestly only that it's really surprisingly good that's all i heard until the game showed up too like everyone was just saying it's lord of the rings it's open world and mm. it's like really good and that's i mean that's really all that, that, that it is it is yeah yeah <laughs> I'm looking forward to playing it. That's all I have to say about the game. It's Fair cool. enough. Man, while you were getting a solid work day of Shadow of Mordor done yesterday, I got a solid work day of Wasteland 2 done. Yeah. Um, oh, I, that's right, because all your guests are gone. Yes. Oh. My guests are gone. Actually, you guys are not at the Lego convention right now. Oh, fuck. Yes, this weekend is the Lego convention in Seattle that I've been looking to, forward to for Yonks. What would have been there? What would have you, you... If you had gone up to the Lego convention, what would you have gone up there? To socialize? <laughs> buy things i i mean honestly i would have gone up to buy parts and there were a lot of like um aftermarket vendors there i wanted to see stuff in person is it annual though could you just go yeah it's annual i can go next year i wanted to see all the builds and stuff and all the things like i know no one you got another year sobriety in you exactly at least yeah i don't know anyone in the lego community so i just wanted to you know i just wanted to go see stuff what the crowd would be like you just want to roll up and be like Benton, and then drop, like, <laughs> oh, that'd be great if you could have yeah. brought it up and put it on a shopping cart. So one of the things I was reading about was that they, I think they were saying something like you don't bring things. Like, everything that's on-site is built on-site. Or maybe I was confusing it with really? another. Yeah, no, it was I just... Think I think that's a policy of a lot of LEGO conventions. What gets shown at LEGO is built at LEGO? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I'm really curious about it. Also, next year, I, I want to go to the Portland. I kill, I, I'm kicking myself because I only found out about Brick Cascades, which is the Portland. Lego convention like a month after it happened. When was that like earlier this summer? It was yeah, and like it was right after I got into my Lego thing. So yeah, it was like March or something. That's yeah. But so uh, yeah, so you were doing Lego stuff all yesterday. Uh, oh no, well, no, no, you were doing something. I just brought up the Lego. You convention. brought up Lego. Yeah. Yes, you fuck. Um, no, uh, I wanted to go to BrickCon just because it seems to be a larger convention, whereas Brick Cascades seemed to be just like a little 
little smaller convention. Yeah. For Con Ed, there are actually a lot of aftermarket Lego part vendors mm. there, which I really wanted to go see. Like, there are a lot of people who do... You know how sometimes, like, Lego will have, like, little fabric capes and stuff? Yeah. There are people who make aftermarket Lego, like, essentially coats and like vests and stuff and i wanted to see that stuff in person like custom hands and stuff like that too maybe not so much hands it's it's mostly they like how do capes attach to lego figures usually you take off the head and and it's it's like a a little piece of plastic that hangs over the back like i saw these dusters and stuff and they're what it is is you pop the arms off and then they just kind of fold around and you the the arms pinch them in place yeah brenna could make that well yeah brenna made me a little um uh Blacksmith. blacksmith apron for my blacksmith guy, which is really Aww. cute. I had a faux leather. But anyway. I got a package from Calamity John. With a whole bunch of stuff. Bill, yeah. A friend of the podcast, Calamity John, was kind enough to send. He and his wife sent me a, a box. It was a cigar box. When I opened the cigar box, there was um, a, three new residents to Benton. Um, a mysterious miser and his Argentinian houseboys. It was the best thing. He had a little narrative right now. Claimity John is one of my favorite people. It was a smile when I desperately needed it. Yeah, no, so, he's good people, yeah. Thank you so much, John, for that. That was really, really meant a lot to me. So, um, Bill, if you're done telling me about the things I did this week, I can talk a little bit about <laughs> Wasteland, too. Uh, I, so I backed Wasteland 2 on Kickstarter. Oh. Wasteland 2 is a sequel to Wasteland, which was made at a game that came out in the 80s that was actually the predecessor to Fallout. Fallout wanted to be a Wasteland sequel, but they couldn't get the rights, so instead they made Fallout. So this is like the big daddy. And a couple of years ago, um, In Exile Entertainment, which is made up a bunch of a bunch of former Black Isle people who worked on uh, Fallout, got the Wasteland license and did a Kickstarter. And they raised a couple million bucks. It was a really pretty successful one. And uh, I backed it. And it's interesting to play it now because it has... It, there definitely is a tonal difference between Fallout. Um, it's definitely a little more Weird West than Fallout was. Yeah. Like, Fallout ultimately has m- more of a kind of retro 50s thing going on, whereas Wasteland is more like a post-apocalyptic Western, more so more than... Mad Max than... No, Mad- Fallout is more Mad Max. It's like a Western, really much like a Western yeah. than it is a, like... So actually, I, I, the Fallout stuff, I just, like, think about the 50s stuff so much. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's like, whereas Fallout is 50s, um, Wasteland is Cowboys. And that's what I'm saying. I, I think of uh, Mad Max as being more Western, post-apocalyptic That's interesting, because yeah. I, I, it's so distinctly this fantasy post-apocalyptic thing that I see it closer to, like, a fantasy you're, you're a than it is a Western. Well, the Wasteland or Fallout games, were they your first real introduction to post-apocalyptic stuff? Fallout, Fallout was, yeah. Okay, Fallout was. And so yeah. my entry point was the Mad Max stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. So. Um, Our but, reference uh, points for, for that stuff against each other are going to be a little weird. Yeah. But, um, whereas, like, I think of, of, uh, Mad Max as being more like, more like a Dungeon Dragons fantasy thing to me, really? more than it is like a Western no thing. monsters or anything. No, right? but it's that kind of feel of just like a really elaborate fantasy world. Whereas, Wasteland is really just like... See, I don't know about Wasteland, but compared to Fallout, like, I was disappointed yes. how much... How many monsters and mutants there are on Fallout? Yeah, I, was, yeah. I was expecting it to be more of Mad Max, where it's just People. like a radiated real life world. Yeah. But yeah, there's like you know, like well, inexplicably, the fifties have been going on for like 150 <laughs> years. Yeah, and mo- yeah. 
then Bill perhaps game a little game called Wasteland. Yeah, exactly. Right yeah. Yeah. But, is this uh, on the Mac? It is. Okay. Yeah, it's out on Mac and Linux you can and buy PC. It. It's, not just it's, out for it's early a access. sixty dollar game. What? I backed it on on Kickstarter, so I got it for like twenty five bucks. But they're selling what? it for they justify sixty sixty bucks. bucks. Well, they see it as it's like a full retail release. No, I can understand that. But, but like, yeah, it's sixty dollars. Like I thought, what when it's was, a Steam was the sale? Banner Saga thirty bucks? And even Something, then, it was, I was twenty like, bucks. So icy say. price. Yeah. Yeah. It's Which interesting. I think that's on iOS now for ten bucks. But, yeah. You know. But uh, I, I've been enjoying Wasteland, but it's interesting because the um, it's I was talking to somebody else about it the other day. It feels like a game where it's values are a little different from mine in terms of narrative because it's a very narrative game it's um uh but uh it's a pretty great rpg in that regard and it's not dissimilar to um icewind dale and fallout and like all those isometric rpgs sort of things but um your relationship with the characters is a little more abstract Mm -hmm. you have a it's a party system so you have a squad uh, but it's not like, you know, a game where you're like, oh, I found these people and I recruited them and I have these personal relationships with them. It's more like you, you can find people in the world, but it's more like, hey, I'll team up with you. And then they're in your party. They don't necessarily, like sometimes they'll have ambient dialogue to add to a thing, but a lot of times they're just kind of there and you don't get a strong sense of their personality. Yeah. And one thing you do is like when you're having a, when you're having a conversation with someone in the world, you can switch between any of the characters and you can point not not that it makes the dialogue any different, but that someone may have like a different charisma bonus or someone may oh. have one of the um, dialogue abilities. This game is a lot about you experience something in the world and um, it requires an ability and then you just select whoever it is in your party that has that ability. Somewhat in so some... is it all like a three-quarter perspective? Yes, it's like an isometric okay. old-school RPG sort of thing. But my point is is that I read one review that said that it was, like, you get a feel of more, it's less of a group of people than it is like um, pocket knife and it's just a matter of pulling out the right tool in a pocket knife. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. so it's like, it's harder for me, It's that's weirder for me because I want to have, like a, my favorite thing in gaming is having like these basically simulated friendships and that's just not there in this game you you have a great relationship with the world and your actions have consequences like i casually killed a drug dealer because i was like fuck this guy and that action had consequences and like that is very cool about it but uh yeah it's interesting how hard it is for me to get emotionally invested in a game where my characters it feels like my character could be anyone yeah as opposed to and there's no sense of who your lead is because it's it's your squad is your lead it's about these group of people that are essentially just this multi-tool as opposed to you hmm. the hmm. player so it's interesting i'm enjoying it and i'm playing the hell out of it can you but... kind of create your own uh, primary character that you're playing as? well in terms it's, of, like, it's just a, like you can create your whole squad yeah. if you want you can create as many characters as you want and i went on i started by kind of under the mistaken belief that the person i was creating was my lead yeah but really they're just a member of your team there is no primary character it's just interesting to have that perspective in a game i think it's it's not dissimilar to the original wasteland the original wasteland was very similar let's just stay true uh, to its own origins but so are you having a good time with the game i'm enjoying it like i like this morning though i don't know it's it's interesting how much having a character to hang my hat on is important to me uh would you ever consider writing like a post-apocalyptic twine game since you're so steeped in that stuff, like... Sure. I mean, the thing is, is that the post-apocalypticness is not what I'm interested in. They're post-apocalyptic in. What, romance novels? 
Because you think that there wouldn't be that you know, many people, and like it'd be like an easy thing of like drama. We haven't read it yet, but there is our favorite ladylike author is this lady who wrote. Um, what's the name of the lady who wrote? Megan O'Brien wrote the Night Off, which was one of our first, which I think was our first ladylike novel, and is our favorite, arguably still. Oh, there's two about two nights. Battle Scars was our first. Excuse me, it was oh, one of our you first. You guys told me about Battle Scars, and I listened it was to the episode. Yeah, one of our first episodes. Is uh, she wrote off a... about medieval times about two jerks? Two no, nights just it is not with a K. I'm sorry, Will. <laughs> um, no, uh, she wrote a book <laughs> called The Three that is a post-apocalyptic romance oh, novel. I need to read yeah. that one actually, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I'm enjoying Wasteland a lot, and I would recommend it. Not for sixty fucking dollars. That's a, that yeah. That's... I'm sorry. If it were a full retail release ten years ago, absolutely, it'd be like a and full you price get it on game. Steam for two ninety nine in a year. Yeah, it's yeah. just uh, that's that's a hard pill to swallow. I mean, it's a long ass game. There's a lot of meat there. Yeah, but it's just like fucking sixty dollars. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that must be the most expensive indie game I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. That's not like see an the thing iOS is, is they don't they don't you... perceive it as an indie game. Like they're they they've put out. Not triple oh, A, like double A releases, and like they're just doing what they've always done. It's just like it's yeah, that's just they've just hell. kind of been outgrown by like triple A console. Hell of a thing, like yeah. It's just woof 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 woof. But I'm huh. enjoying it. I'm glad I backed it on Kickstarter. I'm curious to see where the narrative is going. Um, what I, I just hit a tribe yesterday that I thought was actually kind of a cute idea, where it were these two these people who are um, essentially they live around the railroad. And there are two tribes. There's the Atchisons and the Topekans. And the Topekan, like the Atchison, Topekan, the Santa Fe. It's a thing. No. What is, a, what is this? The Atchison, it's it's a train. So anyway, it, the, 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 the Topekans do the train, and the Atchisons maintain the rail You're lines. You're train culture in a way that I can't even begin to think Well, it's a song in... What's what the Harvey Girls? Judy Garland yeah. sings a whole song. The only person who's gonna know what you're talking about. and the <laughs> no, Santa like Fe. Here she comes. Wow. Ooh, 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 really? So they have games based off of like random Judy Garland songs. Well, no, song it's a it's a train. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's a train line. And it, fuck all of you. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, I like it. It's cute. That's like Bill, a, what did you do this week? That's like both I played a video game and they named it after a random sandwich from like a place in Pittsburgh. It's I'm like, not it's like the sandwich. sandwich. Fuck you, Bill. <laughs> Tell me about Forza or whatever. Uh, Forza's good. It's, it's got cars. I like my stuff this week. I'm just like, yeah, shout out Mordor. It's some Mordor shit. Forza Horizon got Forzas on the horizon. I don't know. Oh, that's the other thing, though. I didn't realize that the Shadow Mortar was actually written by the same person who wrote directed uh, Red Dead Redemption. Oh. Which explains Press X to uh, kiss your wife. Wait, it's written and directed by the same person According who wrote... According to Wikipedia, Shadow of Mortar is written... I don't know if they did anything but write the script. But written by the same person who wrote and directed Red Dead Redemption. Which kind of ex- actually explains some of the... Well, you are a guy who's like, like you know, avenging your family and doing stuff like that. And spoilers, Bill. Spoilers. Well, spoilers for, for ten minutes of the game. <laughs> no, it's, but yeah, uh, I feel like I should say something more about Shadow Mortar. I don't want to say too much because like, like, I, I want to, yeah, I want to experience. Yeah, it. but it's good. I like it. But yeah, I didn't. Also, main dude is voice, but voice and motion controlled by uh, Troy Baker. More, Which I, more yeah, I didn't realize Baker. that guy's fucking everywhere. Yeah, so it's like the bad guy in the game is also Nolan North again. <laughs> I like they're just doomed to like fight each other in all these games now. Yes. Uh, for, like, I also yeah. love that two games is all it takes for you to say doom. Well, within the last year, yeah. 
I've, let's put it this way. I've bought two PlayStation 4 games in the last two months that have Troy Baker as the main character fighting Nolan North as the it's bad true. guy. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, I, I, I do like Nolan North's second wind of his career as a villain. Yeah! It's kind of interesting. Well, do you, do you guys care or know anything about Lord of the Rings mythology or anything like that? Because I don't know no. that much, but I was actually kind of surprised. I know Jack Squad. At the, kind of like the, the, kind of like the, 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 the hole in the mythology they're kind of filling with this game. I was kind of mm. actually kind of like, I, once I looked at it, I was like, wait, what, what, what the hell are these characters? I was like, oh, that's actually, this is actually a big part of the whole Lord of the Rings story that they're actually kind of like talking about in this game. I was huh. actually kind of surprised. But yeah, it was good. I like it. And you stab dudes. That's, that's what I'm in for. That's all I need to know. <laughs> and we can talk more about that next week. We have Forza Horizon is... Yeah. Uh, Forza, so do you guys, have you guys ever played the Forza Horizon? Not really. The original Forza games, the, the original Forza games for the Xbox are just essentially Microsoft's attempt just to make their own Gran Turismo racing mm-hmm. simulator games. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Forza games, or the, the Horizon uh, games, uh, are just kind of like their arcadey version. Of, okay. It's not all simulator, it's just like you're just going off and like almost like an arcade... Uh, how many times can I say the word arcade? Low blood sugar kicking in right now. It's time. <laughs> I spent all my energy talking about Cora. <laughs> okay. No, it was a Force Horizon 2. It's just an arcade racing game where mm. it was funny. Dylan came over. She was watching me race. Uh, there, I was stuck in this online race with other people where mm-hmm. we had to like, it's this big vast world, which is really nice. And it takes place in like Europe. And so you're like racing across these, like these Tuscan landscapes. Mm-hmm. You're not always on a normal road. There's a lot of off-roading shit too. We're like yeah. racing through vineyards so you can barely see where it's going on. Oh, wow. the vineyards are tall. And so you're like, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm yeah. racing like 10 other people. <laughs> So I was in this race where, like, the game was also kind of bugging out. So we were cars were clipping through each other. Cars were like mm. flipping over and flying. Oh wow! You know, it used to be that chaotic. Yeah. This one race you just happened to watch was just like it looked like the Cannonball Run, <laughs> but it's like really fun and just like it, it's a really good pick up and play, uh, just racing game. And yeah. it's like super easy to control and just like fun and it's it's really pretty. And yeah, it's not like about like oh I have to race in a circle three times and yeah. like, I have to worry about my tires and yeah. to, like change all this stuff. Really, it's just like it's almost like it could be like almost an Indian, uh, place an old PlayStation or a Nintendo sixty four oh. game. Yeah, but really pretty. Oh. And then one of the nice things is actually this is a feature that both the new consoles were, were crying about when they were first uh, uh, shown off was uh, whenever you jump out of the game, whenever you shut down the console, you just picks right back up when you whenever you fire up the Xbox again. Which, I remember hmm. PlayStation 4, they were talking about that was supposed to be their, like, suspend game yeah. feature. Yeah. They still don't have that, but the Xbox One, I guess, does have it, so you don't even have to, you don't even have to pause out of the game or quit or anything like that. You can just shut down the console right in the middle of, like, a race, as long as you're not online. Yeah. And when you fire up the console again, it just drops you right back into where you just left I off. I swear that the PS4 has that. Well, they have a suspend some, game mode. Talking I'm talking, I don't know if this particular, he's ah. building this particular game has it. Yeah, I could, I, when we're done, I can even show you what it's like, but yeah. Oh, Oh, you know what? I should have that. We should, you could be playing as long as we have the sound turned down. You could be playing while we're recording. It's fun though. Oh, and like the Xbox One controller has crazy. I forgot. Like it's the rumble feature in those. Like it's got extra rumble things in there. Mm-hmm. And so when you're like pressing the trigger to like hit the brakes, so, like you get like that like stress feedback of like you're kind of like wrestling with the trigger button, which is really yeah. weird. But it's kind of yeah. Yeah, I've been playing the PlayStation Four so much. It's kind of weird to go back and actually play the Xbox. Uh, one and actually kind of like see some of its features that yeah, yeah. are different. I don't know. So Forza's good. It's pretty. I'm glad we're having a good time with it. Yeah. So that's all the video game stuff I played this week. Do you know week. what's better than Forza? What's, what's that, that for? Get on top. 
get on top. We had uh, we had Conley and Jimmy and our friend Brenna over last night oh, to watch yeah. uh, watch a movie, which I'll get to in a second. But we also played a little bit of Sports Friends, and um, which is free for on PlayStation Four this month, um, or maybe it was last month and it's about to fall off soon. But uh, it's uh, Sports Friends is the one that was kickstarted, and it's a bunch of sports it's a games. Of mini games right? Yeah, and one that you have to unlock. It's not one of the core four games. Is a game called Get on Top. It's really really simple. It's just a two player game where um, each person it's it's kind of physics based, but in an abstract way. There are two people, and you're trying to cause the other person to fall so that their head falls off. So they well, impact like their head. Game, right? it's a, yeah, it's essentially tug of war yeah. without while not having your own head fall. And it's very <laughs> fast paced. I love video games. Foley and and Jimmy played it for nine hundred rounds last yeah. night. Yeah. And uh, a round could just last like like it's three like seconds. seconds. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Just restarts. Yeah. Exactly, and you just keep going and going and going. And it was so funny because at some point Orange Kitten became rapturously it, enamored. Well, I don't know Jimmy and Conley. I was watching them play one of the first the when when they were experimenting oh, yeah. with the PlayStation Twitch feature. I watched mm-hmm. them play Sports Friends. And it was mesmerizing just watching them play the same thing. Yeah. And, like, one of their their heads would fall out and would restart again. And, like, I think I've watched them play, like, 150 rounds over the course of, like, 30 minutes. Where it's yeah. Like, so easy. Yeah. To just, to just zone out and... and yeah. And, and yeah, like, it's always relaxing. the orange kitten just going... Oh, yeah, okay. it, yeah, Conley got some really cute video of orange kitten zoning out, watching, watching it on top. But it was a lot of fun. We uh, but we were all hanging out because we finally got around to watching Attack the Block last night, which is a terrible movie starring stupid people. <laughs> oh, so now we're officially on board with being excited about John Boyega being yeah! in a Star Wars. Which is weird because he's this completely unattractive white guy <laughs> who has no gravitas to anything uh-huh. he does. It's so sad. So handsome. Can you see why? Like, like not like that. Like when they announced him being kind of like one of the major characters, of new Star Wars. Now I, was I like, can. Fuck yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. Kids got dude. chops. Yeah. Kids, Kids got... So what'd you, what'd you think of And it's like, you know, we already know that he can run around with a, a, sword. a sword with an, a tiny alien strapped to his back <laughs> while yeah. he has no shirt sleeves. So... So they're just gonna put Yoda on his back? Yeah. And he's just gonna, like, be racing through, like, Muppet infested yeah. tunnels? Exactly. Man, I those Muppets, the Muppet monsters in Attack Spoilers for Attack it's the Block. great. The monster design in Attack the Block, block was oh, yeah. fantastic. Oh, like, but they're still like how they're jet black and like, yeah, it's really well done. So very well designed. For people don't know, Attack the Block is the Tetris movie. They're they <laughs> Attack the Block came out about four years ago. It's directed by a gentleman named Joe Cornish, who I only knew is an acquaintance of Edgar Wright. He and Edgar Wright had worked together on their draft of the Tintin movie, the terrible unwatchable oh, that's Tintin I movie. About that. Yeah, so much talent put into that Tintin movie. I know movie that for such a mediocre just kind of. Eh. Uh, they also together wrote the Ant Man script that is currently in Limbo. Oh, I don't know, at, that. oh man, I know yeah, that at uh, Marvel. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, uh, Joe Cornish uh, directed and wrote this great, great alien invasion movie about these kids in a, an apartment, essentially a tenement in uh, England, and this alien invasion that happens therein. It's a solid little movie. What do you think about the main characters? Because the, the main characters are far from sympathetic because they're a bunch of thugs who go around fucking but robbing they, people. But they are sympathetic. Like you open well, no, yeah, with them. You, well, the first thing they do is rob an innocent they, Yeah, lady. literally the open of the movie is you. Well, that's kind of the point. You see them as monsters, and then you come to understand. Yeah, I mean, it's literally you a line in the, line? No, in that, the like, film. Well, I rewatched it last night because I saw you guys had, like Jimmy 
tweeted last night that he yeah. had, what made you guys watch it. So I was like, I want to rewatch it too. And like, yeah, even even seeing it again at the you're kind of like these guys are assholes. Well, <laughs> no, it's what I really love about the movie is that in the movie because they're just punk teen boys. Yeah, that's what happens. Which yeah. is kind of fascinating to watch a movie that's just kind of about teens being you know dumb teens. But uh, he there's there points in the movie where they're like they're talking to the lady that they open by mugging. That's yeah. the first thing they do in the movie, and they're like, yeah, we're heroes now. Don't you love us? And she's like, fuck you, you mugged me. Five guys with a knife versus one lady nurse in the middle of the night. You're yeah. fucking heroes. And they're yeah. just like, oh yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, I, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was a, it was a really well shot and edited movie. Yeah. All the kids do an amazing job. Uh, it's just a really solid flick. They have two quirky little kids who follow the main characters around who actually get the help out of the end and are, yeah. aren't completely annoying. Yeah. yeah no, I love they those great. kids. Yeah, yeah. Props and... Props and mayhem? Mayhem, <laughs> that's it. Props and mayhem. Well, yeah, I think when I first watched the movie, I'd put subtitles on. Because there was, especially there's some conversations up in Ron's room. Up yes. In the, up, oh, yeah. Ron's weed, a weed room where bit, yeah. it got a little bit like I wasn't quite getting some of the, like what like a little more one off things, so I turned on yeah. the subtitles and really even with the subtitles on, you're like there's some English slang in there where I'm like I don't know what the hell that means because they're yeah. like Wubi Shop Muruko without go video. It's like they're speaking an alien language practically. <laughs> Even though it's English, I, but like, yeah. I didn't have any trouble with it. Yeah. But it was just, it was it's just, just like a solid, like fun movie. Yeah, yeah just a good time. Was fantastic. He plays John the leader Wigan. of these guys. Moses. Moses. So it's a good name for that kid, yeah, too. Yeah, he's, he's totally got Godzilla face. Godzilla, he, got, he got Godzilla eyes. I, was, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. He's Godzilla. Really handsome. No, but he got that look. He's got, like, you know, like, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Russell Crowe, Denzel Washington. Oh. They all have that thing where they kind of, like, you think look Russell, off the I've distance. never heard you describe Russell Crowe. He got Crow Godzilla eyes, too. <laughs> no, I, I now, You know what I mean? When you, when you throw out the other people, yeah, he got angry, angry, angry face. Good glowering face. Glowering where they can kind of, like, even look at the camera, but they kind of look like they're looking, like, a thousand yards beyond yeah. the camera. Kind of yeah. like that, kind of like, and he's got that, where, yeah, yeah. super, yeah! I saw appropriate of nothing. I saw a friend of the podcast, um, oh my god, I'm blanking on it. Oh, Ben Coleman was on Twitter the other day and he's like, if a unit of energy is called a Newton, can we call a unit of revenge a Neeson? (laughs) 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 Which I think is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, Anyway, that's that's totally so great. Uh, Yeah, Attack the Block is a really solid movie. I highly recommend if you have not seen it, partake and get on the Jumboyaga train with the rest of us because he's he's a really compelling yeah, actor. Yeah, he's just the animus. Yeah, he's not a guy. I'll yeah. I know, Foley. He's 22 years old. That's he's almost not gross. He's currently 22 years old. He's legal at least. Yeah, it's good. That's exactly what Conley said. Conley yeah. was like, when they filmed this movie he was 18, he was legal. And I'm like, Conley, you're not helping here. Conley's helping. No. Conley's no. helping. <laughs> the nurse is hot too. What? Yeah, Foley's so consistent. She's like, oh, here's a pragmatic the brunette. One movie, the one character I could do without the other white guy in the movie Bruce. Like this, yeah whatever the hell like you don't even know why he's in the movie well no what Brenna pointed out that was kind of interesting was that they have um, very clearly they have discrete age groups so you have the teens you have Bruce who's in his 20s and is kind of an idiot and then you have the nurse who's in her 30s and it's like these very pragmatic like these very discrete ages and how those different people and these different perspectives well, it was approach really, it was really neat to have, the, to have that because you had people that were terrified of these teens. Yeah, Because exactly. the 20-year-old guy is totally intimidated by them. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, Because yeah. of 
really belong in that yeah. area. And I was like, but he's totally scared. And of not because they're threatening him with a knife, no. but just because they're like they they are. Whereas he is yeah, a kind of, of money running around, kind of skulking around with like their faces covered and shit. He's like more that. thuggy than they are. He's a fucking drug dealer, but you know, like like is he a drug dealer? Yeah, he is. Yeah. I watched it last night. And t- t- well, he, like, he, he's well, talking no, about he how he has to sell. Like he, he has to sell twice as much drugs see, that's to pay the rent. The subtitles on. Well, see, that was Nick Frost and this kid talking. You couldn't understand that conversation either. Well, Nick Frost, he got like two teeth. And, uh... <laughs> but, no, uh, but no, seeing seeing him have the reaction to the kids, and then the, the yeah. nurse, the the, the grown up, the adult. Also yeah. having that, that same reaction. Well, and a different sort of reaction, too. Like, uh, uh, but you're exactly right. It's like the, them treating them as the other. It was really yeah. interesting. It was cool. So, it was a good movie. I liked it. It was yeah. pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And I was so bummed when we one kid with glasses. You can never be a round kid with glasses. You no. can't be the piggy. Never be a piggy. It was, so, it was, such, a, it was such a good, such a good well, he, I like he's makeup, the one, yeah. The makeup design in that thing is yeah. so awesome. Oh. Yeah, we were watching, uh, when we went to go see Maze Runner, there's the round kid with glasses, and it's like, never be the piggy. You're gonna get wiped out. Just no, don't be the round kid with glasses. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm fucked. <laughs> if we ever are involved <laughs> in that sort of scenario. It's like as bad as being the virgin in a, in a horror movie or something like that. Technically, yeah. well, if you're in Nightmare on Elm Street movies, you might get off because it seems like the version in those. But you, in the sequel, you would die. <laughs> I was just watching. There's like a four-hour documentary about the Nightmare on Elm Street movies I was yeah. watching last night. Where, yeah. yeah, they talk about like every every survivor, like main character from the from one movie, ends up being like killed off in the first five seconds of the next movie, <laughs> just to show you how pissed off Freddy Krueger is this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is good. It's a solid movie. Here's our review of a four-year-old movie. It's good. Block is good. John Boyega is hot. What are you gonna do? Yeah. He got Godzilla face. We call, we call him the chocolate Godzilla. And with that, friends, we're gonna take a break. We'll be back for the Geek Week interview. Well, it's not really my style, but I heard a techno song one time that went like doom, 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 doom. And then this other part came in and it was like doom, 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 doom. And then there's always some kind of high-pitched noise, you know, or like a siren that's like... And of course they have to put in the obligatory old movie quotes from some sci-fi movies like... Racial politics and attack the block are interesting. I like that. Oh, that's great. Annie's showing me a Paul Robertson animated gif of John Boyega being chased by a bunch of aliens from Attack yeah. the Block. And did you, have you ever seen his, his twin brother, John Bo- Bodega? He just runs a small grocery store. Uh-huh. Very tiny grocery that's store That's a really in, in good Midtown joke there, Manhattan. Bill. That's, that's a my joke. super good joke. Hey, friends, we're going to talk about things that happened in the week that was. I Did you guys want to take a break? <laughs> We literally stopped recording and then and we started talking about Attack the Block again. So what, what I was just showing you a gift. Hey, everybody. It's time for the Geek Week in <laughs> Review. Fuck taking a break. Did you know that Strong Bad started update Again, okay, here's my... I started doing this and I need to keep doing it. <laughs> These are news bulletins that Bill has written down and I'm reading for the first time. So let's discover together what Bill has scared up I, for us. I want to take advantage. You know what? I was thinking last night would actually be kind of an interesting way of presenting Geek Week News and Review... Uh, uh, in the future would be to mix up the facts and then you have to sort out which, <laughs> I have which, to decide what's true and like, not this week 
Paramount Pictures announced its new video game console is killing people. I, I don't think so. Strong Bad started updating again this week. Bill doesn't know what else to write about because he's never read Strong Bad. Yes. And this just seemed to be big enough internet news. I figured we should just like mention it. Because Homestar Runner did update this week for the first time in four years. So Homestar Runner. Yeah. Is Homestar Runner a no, it's a, it's a, it's a, no, not Homestuck. Homestuck, Homestuck is the comic. Oh, copyright that. Can we, Homestuckrunner.com. <laughs> Oh my god. Uh, Home Star Runner is a series of cartoons. Yes. Okay, because I, I, I see, I only know Strong Bad through his goddamn Wii U adventure game. I think Sabe that. Lord. I think that the creative team behind uh, Home Star Runner, one did that really cute um, kids show with all the. Bob, hey, Yag, Yabba Gabba, or whatever it was. Hey, Gabba Gabba? Yes. Wait, really? And Yeah, and I think another one worked on Gravity Falls, I want to say. Oh, that's a good team. So, yeah, I want to say... I think you've talked about that on the podcast I know for before. sure they did Yo Gabba Gabba. I know that was for sure, but I don't know. But yeah, so this is notable for the first time in a number of years. You guys watch Gravity Falls? You made you you loaned us the first season. We've seen all the first. You're real season. life Mabel. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. Actually, you guys should, oh, for Halloween this year, if you guys really can't come up with anything else, Mabel and Dipper. I did get fully a Dipper hat, but it's weird to have my. Okay, here's the thing: when you're a couple, I know you don't want to. Still do not dress. as bad as Ellie and Joel, though. That's true. Actually, couple Ellie and Joel costumes. That's that's really I agree. Oh yeah, that's yeah. really gross. I would say that's the same caliber of gross to me. We're gonna be a uh, uh, little red riding hood and big bad wolf. That's oh, okay. what we're gonna do okay. this year. So. Are you guys going to a party or anything? I we never have a party to go to or anything like that. So I think we may. Well, that's what I realized. It's on a Friday this year, and I was thinking about maybe having people over. Like, well, well, we conference. were gonna maybe throw a party. Oh, maybe we'll love them. Maybe I'll come over and like I'll be I'll be. Maybe we can battle. I'll be all three little pigs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll just dress as a pig and then just have a different hat for each one. There you go. I like what that. Are three pigs? There's the... I, I don't think they had names. Grumpy pig. <laughs> pig. Tired pig. Man, I roll those all at the same time more often than not. Dracula Untold went underwent reshoots so that it could be part of Universal's new rebooted classic monster universe. Ugh, what a crummy half-assed way to start a new Marvel universe or movie universe to compete with Marvel. Seriously? Have you seen the trailers for Dracula yeah. Untold? Yeah. yeah. Which it's fine. Looks like it's just a dopey, like you know, yeah. big whatever movie. But this is supposed to be, yeah, their their start of rebooting. Really? Yeah, because Universal they want to remake the Wolfman, Dracula, okay. Frankenstein, all those movies, and they they want to do the horror equivalent of what Marvel's done with the superhero, where they're gonna have this whole shared universe. Well, it's uh, which. That, I mean, that's essentially what they did with the first version of those movies like 70 yeah. years ago. They're just by accident where yeah, they said, like, yeah. Dracula versus Wolfman and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. But now they want to do that again, like, intentionally, very much aping the Marvel thing. But yeah, they're just doing it. Cause, so I guess this Dracula Untold movie was just made as a one-off before yeah. they decided they want to reboot this stuff. So I went, yeah, so I guess they went back and refilmed just a couple things just to, so they could yeah. drop it into the universe. So this will be, like, the, the origin story of Dracula within the whole uh, thing. It seems like so, so. This all sounds if terrible gonna, to me. If you're gonna go out of your way to, like, do the shared movie universe you should really you shouldn't just take a random movie you just finish yeah and, like, and then uh, just maybe that'll be the first one yeah that series. is like the worst way to get around it yeah. and that's also like the opposite of how marvel approached it I know, where it's like really marvel did it such a deliberate interesting people to make interesting yeah films and like <sighs> who should play wolfman tom hardy i don't why well, i wouldn't even ask what, <laughs> what about the wolf lady who should play Frankenstein? Tom Hardy. I don't give Jim a shit. I was just <laughs> thinking, I don't give a shit. Let me know if the Wolfman is fuckable, and that's all I care about <laughs> is, is the Universal the Universe. Frankenstein? 
the broad of Frankenstein? Well, is that what you just said? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna be it's it's going to be Guy Ritchie's broad of Frankenstein starring Gim Arden. What? What's that? Rashida Jones is producing a workplace comedy based on Peter Pan called Peter and Wendy. When I saw this news, I thought someone was trolling me, too. I was going to say, Bill. <laughs> what? So really what sounds, the hell? It sounds like The Office, except the Jim and Pam relationship, it's it's a guy named Peter and a lady named Wendy, and supposedly it's going to take elements from Peter Pan and, and convert it into an office drama. Which I guess, I'm sure there'll be, like, some office manager named, like, Larry okay, Hook. Okay, th- I know this is the AV Club making a joke, but this sentence actually turns my stomach. Uh... In the uh, based on the recently trendy public domain adventures of Peter Pan, combined with her own experiences in the pirate-infested magical island of modern dating. Uh, Wait, what's gross about that? It's just a nauseating sentence. I know they're trying; they're making a joke, but our heroine Wendy longs to be with the real man, but instead starts dating her coworker Peter, whose inability to grow up will presumably be expressed in the visual shorthand of video games and dirty dishes. I'm glad that some comedy is is taking a stand on. Guys can't grow up, and women try to change them into being more <laughs> adult. At last, someone's brave enough. Ugh. But I love Rashida Jones. They should have at least they should have a cool dog named Nana who shows up. Like, <laughs> of all the things you could do with Peter Pan, is there anything more boring than making it Thanks. a workplace romance? Rashida Jones got nothing else to do right now, so she's just kind of like skyboxing. What if I make a soap commercial about Maleficent or Maleficent what makes someone sleepy with soap? Uh, I don't know. Dear Lord. Yeah. The producers of the crappy Mortal Kombat movies from the 90s announced they're going to try and make an epic sci-fi film out of freaking Tetris. Which it'll be called Attack of the Blocks. I saw people freaking out about there I being saw, a Tetris movie, I, but I don't know. I, I only, yeah, I just, I only put this in there because so many people were like, about it online. A, this movie will probably never get made. See, if it gets made, I don't know. Battleship got made, that's dude. True. But that's what everyone's comparing this to. Like, how do you put a story on? Well, that's the thing. They're supposed to. Aren't they making a monopoly? Is it? Is They're it making the, a Monopoly movie. Is yeah. Kingdom of Heaven making the Monopoly movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ridley Scott was going to make the Monopoly movie. Yeah. I forgot about that. Which, oh man! What is is? The, did they do the Lego Movie thing where well, people are can... living inside the board game? <laughs> you have who plays the uh, who plays Monopoly Man, Mister Moneybag? Well, see that's the thing. Uh, Tom Hardy. The <laughs> <laughs> you can do a lot with Monopoly. You should could. Be John Hurt. It should be John Hurt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. You could actually do shit with Monopoly oh, because there's shit going on well, with Monopoly. Make it 1930s. But you essentially, yeah, you essentially it's make like, the Great Gatsby, but funny. yeah. But like, Urgh. what the yeah. fuck do you do with Tetris? So I guess maybe Tetris blocks start. It's just an hour and a half sky. of do 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 do, and it gets faster as the movie goes on. Producer said the founding, the founding emotional thrust of the movie is supposed yes. to be people trying to make order out of disorder. No. Which I'd love to see, like everyone just in the nation gets OCD and they can't stop, and aliens are trying to fuck <laughs> us up, and everyone's that should be what, and everyone's like trying to pack their cars, and it's perfect, like, <laughs> put stuff in their fridges. Wow. Yeah, it should be about mental illness. Can you imagine the person? Like, the person who moved to Hollywood because they wanted to make art. <laughs> you know, like, I want to make movies that transport people's minds. You're in charge of production design for the Tetris movie. <laughs> Congratulations. And the people you're working with are the people who made Mortal Kombat 20 years ago. My first thought when I heard about this Tetris movie was just the um, the Onion Film Standard review yeah. of Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Where you're just like, go ahead, Hollywood, shit right in my mouth. <laughs> I can take it. And we're worth it that film just for that guy's review of the Tetris yeah. movie. Oh my god. Dear lord. 
Intel was duped into revoking its advertising on Game of Sutra by Gamergate trolls and then released a half-assed press release slash apology at 5 p.m. on a Friday to avoid any more controversy. What fuckers. What asshats. Yeah, aside from the fact that, I mean, I could see they just don't want to be embroiled in controversies, that's, so they, that's why But they... by participating in it, they've but embroiled then themselves by apologizing in it. The, literally trying to avoid the news cycle by, like, yeah. the, 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 the 5 p.m. dumping ground on a Friday, which... And oh. literally their apology was, essentially, I'm sorry you were offended. If you were offended, yeah. yeah. Just kind of like, but, like... That was pretty much what it boiled down to. But it's like, if you don't want to engage in the controversy, then you don't engage with it. By pull, withdrawing support, you are engaging in the controversy. Also, the reason why, supposedly, uh, the Gamergate guys were attacking Gama Sutra was Lee Alexander writes for them. Yes. So they're just going after her. This same week, she also posted a great piece this week about, like, real shit in gaming that everyone yeah. should really be worried about. Actual controversies in gaming. Yeah. yeah. Like, the fucking article that came out this week by one of... The, I don't know if you read this fully or if you put this in the notes, Bill, but uh, one of the executive producers of Modern Warfare was saying that the United States military should market themselves much in the way that Modern Warfare marketed their games. And his specific talking about it was, we've presented unpalatable situations to our gamers in a way that they, they happily engaged in them. And we think mm-hmm. that the United States military should engage in the same public relations they're essentially oh. talking about how, how you wow. trick people into supporting yeah. stuff. Like, that literally, they, he uses the word brainwashing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, like... Like, that shit is scary, actual shit. Yeah. Not, like, fucking did Zoe Quinn fuck another dude while she was dating wow. a guy. Like, wow. it's just ridiculous. And, yeah, she was like, how about the fucking working conditions that, like, the game industry... Yeah. Like, my friend Josie, who got crunched out of three different studios over there, in the last five years. I can't remember who wrote the piece, but there was a great piece just talking about how Gamergate is just a symptom of a bigger sick- oh, yeah. sickness, not in the games community, but... Uh, yeah, it, culture. When, I, when this whole thing about capitalism in general, yeah. about how it yeah. doesn't value the individual... And but this, we were talking about specifically about how the games industry does not value individual people, yeah. And uh, like so much of the games industry is based off of, uh, a, uh like appeasing the, the these like like frothing math masses who like yeah. kind of people who support Gamergate, like you know like making money off of them with like DLC and like pre-orders yeah. and stuff like that. But then also yeah, not valuing other people because it's an industry based off of yeah exactly like. Uh, driving out people who want to start families yeah. because yeah. they're like frothing fanboys who want to be part of the industry and they'll work, let, yeah. let themselves essentially be abused by the system because they want it so badly to be part yeah. of video, like to make video yeah. games and stuff like that. And so it was interesting to yeah, talk about just more about like, like how these, yeah, essentially that like that frothing fanboy mentality is kind of like corrupting the whole industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in different facets, both in how games are marketed and made. And, yeah. yeah. So. And it's like, I saw someone posted a tweet that someone was posting about their feelings. It was of someone who was in pro Gamergate, where basically they're like, yeah, you know, this is like the most important end boss we'll ever fight. Oh, and yeah. Like, we, like, it's like like a world end, end raid or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Or so like, like, yeah. Uh, where these guys really are just treating like fucking up feminism as like this big... <sighs> It's just nauseating, uh-huh. and I don't understand. Like, it's just there is a fundamental lack of empathy and understanding that you can't have a dialogue. And also, on top of that, it's usually these things are going on in mediums that don't really that aren't built for dialogue. Like, there is no medium that's less equipped to have any sort of meaningful conversation than Twitter. You know, 
And it's like yeah. message boards are so very much so islands of opinion one way or the other yeah. that it's not like you can have any sort of meaningful debate there. And so it's just like these people in these echo chambers of opinion. I mean, I, I'm in my own echo chamber. Oh, we all are. Yeah, yeah, it's like, I mean, where it's all people who are just aghast at Gamergate. And then, you know, there are the Gamergaters in their, ac- uh, their echo chamber aghast at our feelings. And what kills me is that the people who have tricked themselves into allying with Gamergate by what they claim are their values, and then they're like, well, we're not all trying to, like, get Zoe Quinn to commit suicide. And, like, we're not all, like, well, there, badgering. There's, uh, there's, like, there are completely justified reasons to want to be against the gaming industry as it is now. Yeah. Against the game journalism, because the game journalism yeah. industry is really small and insular yeah. and fucked up, and a lot of people do write, write a lot of bad shit. But yeah, like, but then you gotta be careful of what people you run with when, yeah. you know, like, it's, it's a big fucking mess. It's but. just, and it just kills me. I just wanna play games. Yeah. And I, and I, I th- want to well, see. Quite interesting I wanna play different people. games. Yeah. Like, I was, I was looking at my, uh, my, uh, wait, uh, when I was pirating up Steam. Uh, I pulled up Wasteland by just doing a second click on my Steam icon and like seeing the list of recently played games. And I was like, oh man, most recently I've been playing Hatful Boyfriend, Papers Please, um, uh, Gods Will Be Watching, um, uh, I'd, I'd booted up Gone Home, um, two dating sims, and I'm like, well, this is what I want. because those games are available. I mean, that's what so much of Gamergate's kicking against is like yeah. the fact this rising tide of games that actually appeal to like people not even yeah. just casual gamers but just people who aren't just exactly like them yeah. and that is it's because you have access to those games that's why gamer gets so pissed off yeah it's because they don't they they hate the idea of, of this industry that has for so long been tailored exclusively to them yeah that in fact that it's branching out and that that's what they're kicking back against really yeah. like it's specifically they're kicking against like zoe quinn and stuff like that but the, like the greater battle here is just yeah the fact that yeah games like that are being made and just, ah, just... any 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 conversation that says we need we that that dis that undermines the value of more and varied voices there's no just... there's no logical argument against that yeah maybe you can argue pick fights with individual people and stuff like that yeah. about how they're carrying themselves and that these people raise up as the totems of like a social justice warriors and stuff like that yeah. some people do fuck up but yeah generally how can you really fundamentally have a convincing argument against oh yeah just people making more games for different kinds of people yeah like that yeah and i mean i i get that sometimes their perspective is not dissimilar to my perspective on the latest modern warfare thing where i'm like ah fucking this shit but 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 but, but, but. But see, you just you just don't buy it. Yeah. And you don't play it. Yeah. And you don't pitch about it. Do you because... still have my modern war? Oh, you gave it back. I did give it back. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I played I like never the first. Played it again. I literally played the minutes. half of the first stage, Lena, yeah. you guys, and never fired up again. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But it's. I mean, it's just like they're they're. It's like it's okay for you to have your diet and I'll have my diet. Yeah. And these it, guys don't want that because I think like. Yeah. 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 It's just interesting because I can't help but compare it to um, comics. Mm-hmm. Because comics has a lot of the same problems as, in, in a lot of ways, both in the media and in, like, in the amount of voices and what actually gets attention, what actually gets money, as games do. But um, it's, there's, uh, there's a feeling that other people can play because most people came up in weirder, smaller things. There's the understanding that everyone's shooting for, like, a Spider-Man or a Superman book. Yeah. And, like, if you haven't done that, you haven't made it. Or if, you know, your shit hasn't been adapted into something else, you haven't made it. But there's more of a sense of inclusion. I think because it's just easier to make your own thing and not give a fuck. Mm -hmm. And other people can say, well, just that's not real. And so they don't care. 
in game in games it's interesting because it's like it takes so much effort to make these things and so much money and, it's and more so much time. And there was more focus, like the the, the 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 population of people playing games is more focused. Yeah, not necessarily smaller or anything like that, but it's more. Well, I think it's also games by default are about community for the most part, yeah. like about you do That's games true, with yeah. others, whereas comics is more. It's about your relationship with the page and your relationship with the act of creation. But yeah, it's just interesting and nauseating, and I feel like it's I'm doing. I'm doing a disservice by not being a more active part in the fight again, or in, excuse me, in the conversation and just trying to join in the civil discourse to kind of add to the larger sum of civil discourse. But on the other hand, it's just the tactics are scare tactics and the tactics are, you know, stock puppet accounts and relentless hate. Well, and, and, lot, it's just... and the sad fact is most of the gamer gay people don't really want to have a conversation. They no. just want to drive women out. They don't care yeah. about like what the reasons are. They just have a very specific, they're like I said, a lot of those guys are like seeing this as a video game thing where there's no conversation to be had with the enemy you have to destroy the enemy and drive them out yeah. and that's how you win quote unquote yeah. they don't even understand humanity they don't understand conversation or, it's like, just it yeah. just breaks my heart games which I hate to paint like such like a broad variety of people not even variety of people but so many people with a, such a broad brush but they are presenting themselves as the Gamergate specifically that movement as such this monolithic kind of like nonsensical it's that bullshit. kind of anonymous thing where it's yeah. like we are legion you know or, and uh, well, you can't resist they they like to draw so much of their power from that we are legion you can't find us we're not individuals for this giant movement but then at the same time you can't have a conversation you can't like yeah. take you can't have a conversation with a big anonymous movement who are like you're kind of using their anonymity as a threat like, and that's yeah. what's terrifying is that even if you do reach out to and like have a conversation with like let's say a hundred people that's just a drop in the bucket of hate. And it's just like, you, you, is it worth it even to engage with that kind of hatred? Yeah. And I, for me, it's not. Because I know that I am not I am not emotionally sound enough to deal with all that garbage all the time. No. Uh, do you guys want to work on my comic? On, it's called Gamer Gato. It's about a, a, a gaming cat who hates social justice. Uh, how about Gator Gate? It's about an alligator that can't get beyond this one gate. <laughs> That's my That's favorite my Atari 2600 game. My dad, growing up, was in San, uh, in San Antonio, Texas, lived right by a weird little um, swamp that had alligators in it. It was like a little park, like a little theme park with alligators in it. But the alligators would gate? get out all the time. Yeah. So they'd be in the middle of bustling, giant San Antonio, Texas. And they're just really an alligator walking down the street, like police trying to herd them. This is Texas as fuck. Texas, Texas, Texas. It did not. Disney removed Tiny Death Star from the Apple Store without even telling its creators to funnel potential future player towards Disney's new RTS-style Star Wars mobile game. Yeah, which is pretty fucked up. That's that's shitty. Yeah, it's it's nimble, but the same people who did like you know tiny what the hell was tiny it? tower, tiny tower and stuff like and that. Then tiny yeah. plane. And they pointed out like they like in, in interviews with them, they like people went up that like nimble bit and was like, why did your game get removed? And they were like, we actually have no idea. This game was actually kind of like funding the studio right now. Yeah, no one's buying it. We don't. We have to figure out what we're doing. Mm, and so yeah, Disney bit. didn't tell them at all. They, they were just like ganking all the other uh, Star Wars games they have out in the market just so they can yeah exactly pretty much what I said funnel to potential customers towards this one new game they just came out with hmm. which i downloaded and it's actually cute but it's yeah. another and it's another one of those games where you can only play for five minutes before they ask you like would you like to spend five dollars to buy more energy crystals to keep yeah. on playing and like oh, yeah. Jesus christ yeah so. man that's i fucked uh, up again the gaming industry yeah. like yeah fucked up yeah. yeah it's uh uh i downloaded the match three game so i was addicted for a long time to marvel puzzle quest mm-hmm. 
and it was truly an addiction. Um, uh, I can't tell that story. It's too what? gross. Oh no! What did you do? Not to put too fine a point on it, but I had to go to the doctor because I broke my butt because I was taking too long bathroom breaks checking on Marvel puzzle cards. Did you get an anal fissure? I did. <laughs> I got an anal fissure because I was spending too long on oh the toilet God, playing Marvel puzzle quest. Did you not? That. Yes, I did. Just share that. Oh, you knew so, about this though, right? It's, I, it's like this is the first time you I'm heard about it. I'm married to her, yes. Yeah. But uh, I, I da- just, the other day... You were I, allowed to toss her salad for six weeks. <laughs> I downloaded it the other day out of curiosity. I was like, oh, I wonder if my... But all my data had been wiped. And I was really grateful. I was like, yeah, I totally would have. Yeah. Like, it was nice. It's interesting to to, to be conscious. I just are aware of an uprise. Because I'm sure that you're not the yeah. first person who's like wrecked yeah. themselves <laughs> exactly. on the toilet. Exactly. Wrecked a rectum. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, uh, it's interesting to be a, a person who's suffering with addiction and be cognizant of your addiction. Yeah. Um, because like, it, it's just weird. I, uh, I, I'm dealing with my alcoholism pretty darn well. I can have a beer, a uh, glass of wine and it's not a big deal at all. Um, but, um, every time I want to have whiskey or bourbon and I think about it too much, the thing that Foley said as a joke, as a threat was, well, then we'll throw away Benton. Yeah. But okay. no, it's no, like, it's good. Yeah. I didn't say we throw it away. I said, I would make you ritually burn it. But it's, like, that really is, like, enough to get me to stop. Good. To be, like, okay, that's enough. Thank you. Um, but uh, it's, it's You've interesting. You've already bought a baking pan. You can put the whole talent <laughs> into and throw it in the oven if you have to. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting to be conscious of the pull of addiction and feeling it and knowing the things that trigger it and, like, just kind of grazing against them lightly. And, and... No, no drink tastes as good as Benton feels. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Thank you, Sobriety oh, Animal need, Western Town. If you need extra Benton stuff, so I did place a ridiculous Lego order this Bill, week. what did you buy from the Lego store? I saw your confirmation, but what did you buy? So, so Lego this month in the Lego shop online, they have a thing where you get double VIP I was going to say, were you taking advantage of the double VIP points? Also, if you buy not more than $99 or stuff, you get a free uh, Santa's Village. Santa's Workshop set. Mm-hmm. We got like little elves making shit. It's so stupid. So, and the other thing is, uh, because the Haunted House set just actually sold out that's no longer available, the other thing I was like, man, I should pull the trigger on the Parisian restaurant before that goes out of, you know, I don't, it's, it's I, I already waited too long for one of my favorite sets. And I yeah. So I bought the Parisian restaurant. Yeah. I got the Star Wars Lego Cantina. Yeah. Um, and I actually got two of them. Yes. Because I saw online, if you take two of them, kids like, so it's a Lego cantina, and it's like the one wall of the cantina mm-hmm. with a bunch of figures, but if you take two of them, you can actually put them together, and you have to, uh, essentially have the whole interior room from the cantina. Oh, yeah. Like, that's oh, nice. That's actually the real cantina. But it also comes like a, with like a land speeder and stuff, so I'm actually going to have a whole bunch of leftover bricks and maybe a couple extra characters, because mm-hmm. it comes like the whole like cantina band and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. I might have some weird pieces you might be able to do something. Like, it's going to come with an extra land speeder with a bunch of brown and orange parts that you yeah, might be yeah, able to I'll use. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that for um, I got that and... Dang, anything else? I kind of want to get in Santa's workshop. So if you spend over $99, you get, like, a bonus little Christmas thing. But they're selling for 60 bucks, 70 bucks, I think, actually. Yeah. Santa's workshop. It's a really I cute... I saw that, yeah. Really cute set. My favorite part of it, actually, is if you look in the interior of Santa's workshop, he there's a little nook where Santa is sitting in this chair. That's actually a really great little chair. And he's reading all the all the letters. Yeah. It's, like, his place to See, go. That, it's cute as I've hell. Got this, the Winter Cottage, which yeah. is kind of Christmas-themed and stuff like that. Yeah. Be perfect to get that back in my house. <laughs> I can worry about that later on. The, oh like, my God, yeah. You guys. 
<laughs> that's that's our Lego quirk. It's cute. It's moving, so cute. moving on uh, to Geek Week Review. So anyway, I've got all that stuff coming on, like, I think on Thursday. Oh, Billy. Yeah. Netflix announced that it's not only producing a sequel to Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is filming now, but they will be released simultaneously on Netflix and in theaters, resulting in Regal and a few other national chains vowing that their movie, the movie won't be showing in their theaters. Interesting. I didn't know about that. Well, so I guess it's specifically supposed to be IMAX theaters that will be showing, uh, which is a weird like you can watch it at home on Netflix yeah. or like in a big ass IMAX theater. Well, like, it's kind of those are the, like if you the idea is well, obviously you want to watch it on Netflix extremes. unless you're gonna go see it on the big mamma jamma. Yeah, which kind of makes sense. But yeah. yeah. Did you see that um, Interstellar is gonna be screening at the Hollywood Theater in 35 millimeter? What? The new Christopher Read the next movie? goddamn. Oh, is it is it on the news? No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Like, I, why I do have the thing. Well, essentially, that's you just you just you just. On a related note, theater chains also went nuts this week when it was revealed that Christopher Nolan's Interstellar will be released two days early in theaters, still capable of showing thirty-five millimeter film, despite more theaters just having spent oodles of money to upgrade a digital projection. Read the next one after that. The Hollywood Theater <laughs> is hosting a six thousand five hundred dollar uh, uh, fundraiser to get a seventy millimeter film projector. Oh. Oh, that's yeah, that's awesome. the mama Yeah, I will totally back that. Also, sixty five hundred. That's not that bad. Yeah, I'm assuming they just want the projector because I'm sure they, they. I'm sure they have a thirty five millimeter projector. They just want the you know because it's not like yeah. they need, need a whole new setup. It's just like yeah, yeah, yeah I'll totally back that. So yeah, that's the thing is like yeah. So Interstellar coming out to essentially whatever big like film theaters are left. Yeah, and yeah. then yeah, the our local Hollywood big theater yeah. is trying to get the oh. seven millimeter. Oh, so man, you can that'd do be the big fucking yeah, cinemascope the set, yeah. and all that shit like oh, that. Wow. Yeah. They're, yeah, their screen can accommodate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, but, uh, oh, man, so speaking of dumb movie theater events, I'm really excited because this week, Foley and I, for the first time ever, are going to, you know when you go to a movie and you see in the commercials beforehand and they talk about Fandango movie events, where it's, like, everything from, Oh, like, yeah, like, live opera to, yeah, like, like NST3K yeah. and all that sort of stuff. What so they're doing? they're doing one that the British Museum has a big Viking exhibit right now. So they're doing a, a walkthrough of their Viking Is exhibit. Live? Yeah, I guess, yeah. They're doing a walkthrough of their exhibit and then a bunch of lectures by a bunch of historians oh, talking shoot. about when Viking culture. I want to say it's Tuesday. Oh, that's super cool. But in the evenings, do you guys can go? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, super cool. So, yeah, we got tickets to go. Well, see I don't know if week. it was live for the excited. UK, how the timing Well, I don't, maybe up, but... it's probably not live. It's just like, but, like you know, a one time event on thing. Big screen. Yeah, that'll oh, be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to that's that. It's great to go to a movie theater, like, essentially just watching, like, a, a yeah, live a documentary. documentary. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh man, one thing I didn't put in my notes. Did I talk about the my um, going with my parents to the end of the Oregon Trail Interpretive oh Center? God. What the hell is this? So when we were, my parents were in town and we went down to Oregon City, I was trying to canoodle because that's halfway to the uh, Bricks and Minifigs and Canby. <laughs> I was kind of trying to see if we could go the rest of the way. We did not. Aww. But uh, we wanted to go because there's a museum that I, I was kind of looking at as a wedding venue. But we, we we found our other venue instead. I was like, well, let's go to that museum. I've never been. It, it has this beautiful view of the river down in Oregon City. It was closed. So I was like, fuck, what else is around here? Well, what's around? what else is around there is the end of the Oregon Trail Interpretive Center, which are three... Interpretive center? Interpretive Center, because the idea is they uh, just give you the information from a lot of different perspectives, is the idea, as opposed to a museum, which just presents things as facts. I don't know. Interpretive center. Basically means we don't want to so be dicks Twitter. to the Native Americans. Oh, <laughs> That's yeah, kind exactly, of what it boils yeah. down to. But anyway, uh, so 
What was great about it was that it's three buildings. The last building was an auditorium where clearly they have lectures and there's nothing there because it was the other day on a Sunday. Yeah. First building was like a little museum you could walk through and shit. But the middle building was the theater where you watched their movie. They had like a 30 minute movie about the Oregon Trail, which was insane because it was like this weird horizontal format. Like a wide, really wide horizontal format, but very narrow. So it's essentially like a two by seven ratio. What was made, the documentary? It was very clearly uh, digital because it was slightly pixelated, oh, okay. but it was like still I probably maybe like, it was like something from like 1956. No, like 2005 maybe would what? be my guess. Uh, it was cool because actually what they did was they just used the, um, it was all reenactments pretty much. Um, and they used diaries and letters written by people who were on the Oregon Trail. And they, like, cast people as these people. So you got to hear about these people's experiences. So it's like watching Unsolved Mysteries through the visor slit exactly. of a medieval helmet. Exactly, Bill. <laughs> that is exactly what it was like. It was amazing. But the best part of it was that it was hosted by a hologram. Like a holograph, I should say. They had, uh, what was his name? I can't remember now. McLaughlin? Uh, One of the uh, dudes on the he trail? Was, well, he was a member of the... Uh, he was, I think, with the British trading company. He was trying to just, his job was officially to dissuade settlers, but actually he did everything he could to get Oregon peopled. That was kind of his personal goal. He's like, I will consider my life well lived if I can do what I can to settle this beautiful land and help those people thrive. So, um, but yeah, it was great because they had this weird, they have a weird set that was all painted white that was meant to look like abandoned wagons and shit yeah. on the Oregon Trail. And then there was a weird little, like, f porch off to the side that had a screen that they did reverse projection of this holograph onto the thing and he was talking to us. So it was actually like a projected, or was it, was it like a, like a, the, 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 that, that uh, like, reflected ghost, like the Cooper's ghost? Yeah, it was kind of that. It was that thing. Well, yeah. It wasn't like like it wasn't like Star Wars holograph. No, like, no, 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 no. It, it was, was a quote unquote yeah. holograph, but it was yeah. like he's there talking to us. Is that a live guy? Yeah, he's in that costume and everything. I just he looks like a Dracula. From the office just showing up like he looks. He the... looked like a dumb Dracula. That's what he looked like. <laughs> but it was so much fun. Pepper's ghost. That's what I'm thinking. Of. Yes, that's what. Yeah, that's what um, Conley and Jay were talking about. But it was so. It was such a good time. I really enjoyed it. Poor Foley was really hungry. And here we are going oh, through this, this interpretive <laughs> Poor kid. She was dying. But you, you were very well behaved. It was a lot Did of fun. Did that let you like nibble on like Oregon Trail Lincoln Log snacks? Like Slim Fat Slim Jim? Sadly no. That should be a snack there they serve no at the Oregon snacks. Trail. Like, it was like, there were no it was snacks like whatsoever. Freezer full of semen. Uh, like, no. They had ice cream. ice cream. They had ice cream and a, like, one, like one chocolate bar was and left. A bottle, that was it. And like bottles of water. Who runs like, this place? Teens. It was like the <laughs> shittiest teens. band. The best part of it, Bill, is that so it's these three buildings and they're just these rectangular boxes with windows at the front. But they have like these 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 ribs around them to make them look like uh, wagons, like covered wagons. Just the ribbons. It was Honey so has a good fucking. Night. Guys had a good time. It was fucking portfolio. Married in a museum family. It was a lot of fun. Aww. Finally, how... oh, are you kidding me? Pizza Hut brought back its old Book It program where you're rewarded for finishing books with free personal pan pizzas. What? Though this time it seems to be aimed at adults, and all you have to do to get a free coupon is sign up on the Book It website. I remember Book It. I, I had stickers. Yeah. I never. I, this must not have been a thing in Pittsburgh. This is the first time I've ever heard about. Or maybe this. I wonder if it was just like a little bit after your time, like or something like that. Yeah. For Foley and for me, oh man! I also, we didn't really 
Pizza Hut's in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Maybe that was too. it. Yeah. 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 But that that's where my love of personal pan pizza started. You guys, <laughs> you guys for like dinner tonight could just sign up for Book It and go like, yeah. Because actually, I want to see the Pizza Hut's in town. There is yeah. like, oh, yeah. like two of them. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, and nothing is as delicious as a shitty person. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny ass. Well, you should bring a couple books, take the, uh, get, get some pizzas, and just uh, read wait, 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 at what, the Pizza Hut. I'm Googling now. this right now. So, uh, like, according, well, at least according to the thing I saw online, yeah, you don't have to actually read anything. You just sign up for the, like, an account on the bo- new book at website. And like you, you'll just get like I don't know you just get a coupon for like, free. Pre- I, there's a book it app. Anything. And he read like four million romance novels. I was gonna say I just finished. I'm halfway through oh, romance novels. Oh, do you guys today. get like free whole pizza if you now so like we we actually host a podcast about romance novels? Like we Clearly. read all the time for our job. Oh man, though they're aiming it towards kids. It's they've been doing it for thirty years apparently. Oh really? Established 1984. Teacher kits are still available. Yeah, that explains why I remember it. Missed. I would have been nine. I should have. I missed out on this. Enroll. Click at that button. Set up your class. I'm an adult. My only memory of <laughs> Bailey, Orange, <laughs> you, me, Brenna. When I was a kid, I got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, 8-bit Nintendo game, and uh-huh. it came with a coupon for a free personal pan pizza. I like, browbeat my folks to go to the one pizza hut in Pittsburgh, which is in yeah. Pittsburgh. It's like out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. We had to drive like 45 minutes down <laughs> to get there. And then, like, it was, like, completely overpriced, and we came back, and I was like, it was, like, like, for your birthday, you had an adventure. Exactly, yeah. Well, everybody, we have to go get a personal pan pizza, but this was the Boy Hattie Podcast. Um, We're at Boy Hattie Podcast on Twitter. Howdy at Boy Hattie podcast.com or dot org yes no dot com something we don't ever check anymore is <laughs> a is a good way to contact us <laughs> you can also use the contact form at boyhattypodcast.com to let us know your thoughts and feelings what book you read to redeem your personal pan yeah, pizza let us know what books you read to get free pizza <laughs> we will talk to y'all next week about more pop culture garbage take care guys bye we'll see you in shadow we'll see you in Mordor where the shadows lie <laughs> with chocolate Godzilla. Stop. What? I don't know how to. We ended. You ended it perfectly, and then I had to go like. You do and, this every and time. Soup? What's your favorite soup? Email us. What's your soup? What I, soup do you eat with your personal pan pizza? Time chatter. How big are the personal pan pizzas? They're little. They're like. They're like. So it really is like. I mean, it's just for you. We're just for you, yeah. Just for you. Do you get shot if you try Not to share it inside the, the store? <laughs> pizza Hut. Like, you know what? So, Go to Target. Something terrible must have happened to all the Pizza Huts in Pittsburgh because all the Pizza Huts in you'd see like banks and stuff that would shape like the Pizza Hut, <laughs> and so you'd be like, oh, that place was a Pizza Hut. The Onion even did an article about this. Not about the one specifically <laughs> in Pittsburgh, but I remember seeing the Onion article about you could totally tell that bank was a Pizza Hut, and then it had a picture of like yeah. you know the bank with like the little hat shape. What yeah. the fuck was that? Pizza shit. Is that what it was? It's supposed to look like a hut with a pizza. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the end of the podcast. We'll see you guys next week. I love you. <laughs>